Hi everybody, before this podcast begins, I'd like to acknowledge that this is recorded on Wurundjeri country and I pay my respects to those past, present, emerging and those who may be listening today. Hi, my name's Maya Dove and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, My Therapist Says I Should Journal. I'm so excited to be starting this podcast as it's been on my mind for quite some time now. I've been umming and ahhing it, talking it about it to friends but I just haven't had the confidence to start it but here I am. I am a lover of podcasts myself. My favorite at the moment would have to be Listenable which is a disability focused podcast but also Beyond the Blinds which is a celebrity entertainment podcast. If you want to know all of the kind of hidden gossip about celebrities definitely give it a listen. But I'm also a very talkative person and I love talking to people, which is probably why I went into a social services role. But if you talk to anybody who knows me, they would say that I am a very talkative person. Once I get to know you, there is no way of shutting me up. But as a disabled woman, talking has always been a sense of therapy for me and just talking in general has really been a tool that I've needed. I started talking when I was like seven months old and I kind of put that down to the fact that I don't have use of my limbs which was I'll get into later so that was kind of I think a way for me to kind of get things that I wanted or needed. Talking therapy though has always been a real benefit for me and speaking of therapy I've seen a continuous therapist since I was 16 so I've always heard the instruction of journaling and don't get me wrong by the title I think journaling is very healthy and is always been a great outlet for me but I've always found talking to just be so cathartic and so that is where the title of this podcast kind of came from because I've always journaled and the topics that I am talking about Uh, what would be my journal and that's kind of what I wanted this to be just kind of conversation shaped around what you kind of express in your journal that is comfortable so I'm really excited but as I said I'm a proud disabled woman and I've had my spinal cord injury since birth so I was born a seemingly healthy baby I went home from the hospital nothing really alarming I've found out now that my feet were a little bit puffy but as time went on I just started to lose weight which is always kind of kind of a alarm bells for new time parents so my mum did take me to the doctors a few times but they just kind of brushed her aside called her basically a anxious first-time mum which any first-time parent would hate to have that said to them but that was what was said to my mum so they took me home but as things weren't getting better they took me to the Royal Children's Hospital and they found that I actually had cysts all out all throughout my spinal cord and that resulted in a spinal cord injury so I don't have sensation from the chest down and I have no use of my legs and um, some damage in my right arm so I've grown up going to hospital seeing different people and also just really experiencing different things so that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be about kind of just like highlighting the different areas of my life and just kind of bringing attention to it. But talking about different areas of my life, growing up with a disability is a very different experience as if you were disabled as an adult or even if you were just an able-bodied children. It's just a very different experience. There's weirdly 
a lot of extra attention, opinions and experiences and that's all going to be covered in this podcast but I just wanted to kind of briefly touch on that because as a child I got approached for different media outlets. I was on the side of a tram at nine wearing uh, the halo brace basically which is what you see Regina Georgie in at the end of Mean Girls so don't ask me for that picture because it is gone. Um, but yeah, that was a that was when I was picked to be in the Good Friday appeal, and then not long after that, I was in That's Life, and I just wanted to kind of really touch on that because you do see a lot of children in the media, which is fantastic. It's fantastic to see disabled children representing, um, because there was not a lot of that when I was growing up. So it's great to see that representation in kid shows, but um, as a kid, you don't really get much of autonomy or really a voice and I think that's it's a really great line when you're working with children in general but I'm kind of fortunate that my choices of or my times when I was in the media as a kid that was all completely up to me I, my mum my, my mum tells of this story when I was four and I was picked to be the face of the Good Friday appeal because I was sick and really little but they started to do the pictures and the cameras started to be on and I completely broke down. I did not want to do it. I hated the lights and cameras, which if you know me now, it's a bit of a 180. But my parents acknowledged that choice and I acknowledged that, that it wasn't for me. And I do remember when the That's Life magazine called my mum to do a story on my disability. I do remember my mum asking me before saying, yes, we'll do it or she'll do it. She asked me before they run the story or they because it is my story and I think that's important when you're discussing disabled kids because it's their story and as a kid you don't really get to have much of a say in what you're kind of experiencing and it's kind of be really hard to vocalize which I think is a really important topic that needs to be discussed about and I will hopefully be talking to other people who've had shared experiences like mine and kind of touching on that what it's like to be a child and have all of these choices made for you and when I say choices I mean medical choices because as an adult you get to abscond if you don't want a treatment or if you don't want to be in hospital but as a kid you don't really get that choice but now as an adult I've kind of been able to process that medical trauma and experience of being disabled so I feel like I'm in a better place to discuss it and I feel like now is a perfect time to start a podcast talking about it with other people but also discussing things that I felt that I want to raise because I've done a lot of speaking engagements and interviews but it's very hard to fit in 23 years of diversity into 60 minutes so I'm really excited and that's why I thought a podcast would be a great idea because I get to discuss my experiences with other people and also hearing their stories because I love hearing other people's stories and I love hearing other people's experiences and also getting a fresh take of it. Because growing up with a disability, I feel it's really shaped my view of advocacy. Personally, for me, my greatest way to advocate for myself, which has taken a bit to come to, is just demonstrating my life being lived authentically and that's my personal choice because I do educate people when things aren't accessible but I don't 
like to make a big fuss about it, which is a can of worms in itself because it should be discussed. Disabled people should be able to have that education and highlight that being able to not go into a building is messed up and it's not fair. But I've learned that for me, my per- for my mental health, it's best not to get angry about that all the time and not to go into that space all the time so I don't get left angry because I will. And instead of having that anger, I feel the greatest pride for myself when I'm my actions are demonstrating that disabled people have the right to have the exact same experiences of able-bodied people. And it has taken me a long time to get there. As I said, I've been in therapy since I was 16. But that's why on my social media, you probably rarely see at this current time. I know when I was a few years ago, I did. But you don't really see posts about me discussing my disability. I just post my disability because it's physical and it's obvious. So everything that I post is what I'm living. And if I can't get into the place, I will post that. But not all the time and a lot of time it's just me out with friends or out in an event because I feel that for me that's how I get to advocate for people by going to these events showing that disabled people can go to these events or or showing that disabled people work and they have long-lasting healthy relationships and there are so many amazing advocates online now who show that and demonstrate that so I'm really excited to kind of create this platform to have those experiences and stories be shared because I'm hoping that with this podcast I'm sharing experiences of people that come from every background and I'm really excited. So today I want to talk about the representation of disability in the media because I have just finished watching Dairy Girls and I always love it when I see shows that include disability representation in subtle ways because I just think it's amazing to see. And they had two disabled actors in the show just playing characters that an able-bodied person could play, which I always love to see because that is one of the biggest things that I am passionate about is showing that disabled people deserve the exact same experiences. And it was two episodes of Derry Girls where um, disabled actors were cast and one was a journalist and one was just a high school student and it wasn't even brought attention to, which I think is another tick of approval for me. But in Australia, we also have a disability representation in the media. We've had quite a bit this year. We've had Heartbreak High, which has a character that's on the autism spectrum and we've also had a wheelchair user in Neighbours which I know the actor who played the character in Neighbours and I just think for a show especially with Neighbours it's been so long running as that to have characters on there that are disabled it just really provides that diversity that we want to see and we want to see disabled talent to be booked and busy because there are 4.4 million disabled Australians. And when you think about that, that is a lot of people. And to have that not seen in the media, you're missing out on one of the largest diversity groups. And it's a diversity group that anyone can fall into. So I think it's a great thing that we are seeing it now in the media. And 
I am so excited for other actors and models like myself to be booked and get that get that chance. Aside from giving a disabled talent the chance to showcase their skills, it also provides a sense of assurance and comfort for anyone that has a disability. Because I know for myself, seeing disabled models in the media would have done wonders for my mental health when I was in high school and realising that my body does not look like the other people and it probably is never going to be. So if I had seen that on the TV and just have that on my screen or in front of me, it would have provided a lot of comfort and probably a lot of less insecurities. But it also provides a sense of assurance for those that have had a disability at an older age or as an adult because when you've had that traumatic experience and that shift, it also provides you with the comfort of knowing that you're able to live or will still have the opportunities that you once dreamed of. But before I finish up on the first episode, I just wanted to talk about some experiences in the media that I've had. So this year I've had a show that has been aired on SBS, which was a mini documentary about sex and disability. And I just thought it was an amazing production to be a part of because it demonstrated that disabled people have the exact same or similar dating experiences to able-bodied people and it was also an amazing experience to film. I was able to be in it with my sister and my dog Maggie and shout out to the producer and director Isaac and Lucy who came up with the idea and was able to represent authentically that disabled people can have sex and demonstrate or feel comfortable with their sexuality. Going on from sexuality, I had a very Sex in the City week last week. I went to two Melbourne Fashion Week shows and I did feel very Carrie Bradshaw, especially when I got asked for my picture to be taken twice, which was a very big highlight. But when I'm drinking rosé and watching a fashion show that my friend's walking in, I am going to be in my Carrie Bradshaw era and I'm going to tell everyone about it. But it was amazing to go to a show and uh, see disabled models in the show because I have a few friends that were booked and cast for the show but also being able to see go to the event and represent disability that disabled people they like fashion they like art and they can go to these events but I'm going to end the podcast on that story if you would like to hear more follow my instagram d.mayer And hopefully over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have some special guests, but definitely tune in and thank you.